Before we start today's episode, there's something important for agencies seeking a reliable way to attract new business, especially during busy periods. I want to introduce you to Leaflow Sprint. It's an eight-week program that simplifies your marketing and consistently attracts the attention of potential clients without requiring a massive marketing budget or external sales teams. With my 17 years of experience in aiding agencies to gain visibility in new clients, this program offers a practical and effective approach to lead generation. Forget about unpredictable leads and embrace a method that works across different agency sizes. And if you're keen to learn more, you need to visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra. Now let's get into today's episode. So some of the, the split tests that we've done, so we sent out 5,000 just printed envelopes and then 5,000 handwritten envelopes. The handwritten works, it wins every single time. And the results are up two, three, 400% just because it gets open. You're listening to Caffeine Espresso, a podcast series that delves into the way we grow design businesses. I'm Charlotte Ellis-Maldari, founder at Caffeine, a new business and marketing company for Agency World. And every other week, I'll be interviewing a guest, taking your questions, or delving deep into a topic that clients struggle with, and generally try to make growing your agency feel more achievable and less like a job that keeps getting pushed off the to-do list. It's an excuse for me to pick the brains of some of the people I most admire and address topics that pique my interest, like how not to feel yucky in the sales role, what do clients want from their new agency and how not to spend half your studio resources each month on new business. This is a podcast that combines the little things and the big things because as you know, managing an agency is made up of both. In this episode, I speak with Lee at Scribble Mail. Lee owns and runs the UK's largest handwritten mailing house, a type of company you might not have even known exists, but is likely to be very valuable to your business. As I mentioned in this podcast, handwritten direct mail was something an old mentor of mine used to rave about. He felt it was the secret weapon that when used as part of a marketing strategy would open doors to high value clients for service businesses, which is why I was so keen to check in with Lee and understand what all the fuss is about. This episode is for you if you're struggling to get past C-suite gatekeepers, a more analog approach to cold outreach, or are looking for the edge that will give your existing new business strategy more cut through. Scribble Mail is a company that I came across when I was working with a coach maybe about five years ago now, and he was uh, praising uh, the the old handwritten uh, letter in the day and age of sending endless emails um, and the results that it gets in terms of lead generation. Um, I've never had the opportunity to work with Scribble Mail directly, but it's an area I'm super interested in, want to find out more for my own business and on behalf of my clients. And I thought, if we're going to have a conversation anyhow, why not record it? So without further ado, um, Lee, can you just tell me a bit about what Scribble Mail is and how it works? Hi, uh, thank you very much, firstly, for inviting me onto the call and, and kind of onto the, the podcast and the chat. I really appreciate it. Um, Scrub Mail was born in 2013 um, by a guy called Ollie Luke, who worked for a marketing agency um, based out of Birmingham. Um, through doing direct mail, they found that they were struggling to get response rates. Um, so from there, he, they tried to handwrite a campaign and the results literally turned the campaign around 
Um, results were up 230% instantly. The same copy, the same letter, just by literally handwriting the, handwriting the envelope. Ollie was running it out of uh, his home office in Manchester for around three years. And then Ollie and I met through, through mutual, mutual networking pals. Um, we decided we'd try and up the game and make it a little bit more serious and trying to t- take it a little bit bigger. Um, so I joined, joined uh, Ollie um, two, two and a half years ago now. So back in 2017, 18. And from there, we decided we'd go and we'd, we'd try and offer it as a, a proper commercial offering. Um, we put a team of writers in-house rather than it being his mum and his gran and his aunt and whoever else <laughs> he could get to do it. We decided we'd bring some writers in-house, uh, we commercialise it and we'd do it, uh, do it on a kind of a, a monthly scale. So we've got some customers that come to us. So as I'm stood in the office now looking around, we've got a campaign that somebody's writing out in German. Um, we did a oh, campaign. Yeah, we did a German one. We've got a company, a training company going out today. Uh, we've got a software company. There's a gin campaign going out there's somebody got an oven cleaning business that they're sending some direct mail out so um we're just trying to keep things going really you were just saying some of the examples of things that are going out today maybe are there any b2b examples that you can mention um we've got a software company that are sending some out today um as well and an events company so they do b2b events driving people to an online webinar so i mean obviously the whole concept of Scrubble Mill was founded on the fact that the results of a handwritten campaign work so much better than the original direct mail campaign. What do you see uh, is the difference in response rate between handwritten letters and other mediums of communication? Um, Like, i.e. specifically direct mail that doesn't have a handwritten letter with it. Yeah. So some of the the split tests that we've done, so we sent out 5,000 just printed envelopes and then 5,000 handwritten envelopes. Their handwritten works it wins every single time, and the results are up two, three, four hundred percent just because it gets open. Um, yeah. It's yeah. kind of you got to you got to go back and think when was the last time you got a handwritten card through the post or a handwritten envelope? It was probably when your grand sent you a birthday card or a Christmas card from your great aunt. It, yeah, it feels special. <laughs> it feels special. Um, and I think in a business context as well. Just thinking back to the very start of my career, I worked for a um, new business generation agency, which specifically worked with marketing agencies. Um, I really love cold calling, and I really love all that stuff that most people really shy away from. Um, but without fail, the biggest hurdle is always getting past the assistant. And so, in a B two B context, the handwritten envelope, even if the contents inside aren't handwritten, are much more likely to get past that initial uh, gatekeeper. Um, than something that's printed. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. And there's a lot of clients come to us and say, actually, we want the whole letter handwriting. And I'm like, we can do that, and by all means, we will. But actually, handwriting's already done its job at that point. Handwriting's actually just a case to get that communication open. Now, there are times where we do thank you campaigns. So we do thank you campaigns for quite a few businesses where we literally just send out the kind of a thank you card saying, hey, thank you very much for using us. We really appreciate any feedback. Here's my direct number. Um, and kind of customer retention campaigns like that. But generally, if it's a, a marketing piece, what we find works really well, and a lot of companies kind of we guide towards, it's a printed letter with a, a little 20-word post-it note on. Uh-huh. Smart, yeah. hey, hey, Charlotte, we wanted to send you this because we just think it's, gonna, it's just right for you. Give me a call. And then salesperson's name, phone, direct line phone number. That works fantastically well. Um, and we do quite a lot of those type of campaigns. That's really interesting because um, when I initially came across Scrubble Mail, I was looking through the different options that you have available, you know, from handwritten address 
on the envelope through to the full handwritten letter. And I had to say, I was thinking, oh, why not go the whole hog? But it's interesting what you're saying um, because it actually makes it um, a really affordable option for most businesses who are thinking about either an outreach campaign um, to a prospect that they've kind of engaged in maybe with on LinkedIn or they've attended a similar an event together or something and they're just trying to make those because I always feel like it's uh, a bit like a consumer needs to see a brand five times to be aware of it to know to buy into it it's a similar kind of thing when you're um, looking for new business Um, you I think a common misconception is all you have to do is reach out and email somebody and then bosh they're going to be a client like it's a long process and it's a long process to even get them to be aware of you and what you do so um yeah i don't know where i started with that one but (laughs) i'm really interested to hear the results that you've got just with just with the address on the front yeah and and that's but this is part of a sustained campaign i'm not going to sit here and say direct mail's the golden bullet for everybody to get new business it isn't it is part of a campaign for our own outreach campaigns we start with an email we get people to request a sample we send a follow-up we go back to email we pick up the phone we talk to them in so many different ways and engage with them in as many as many of the different marketing pillars if you like as we can um just just to do it but we direct mail is definitely kind of right in the middle of that mix um and and it's kind of it does deliver results so after the post lockdown times and everything that came back we sent a couple of emails to all of our customers so we got 360 people that have bought from us in the last 12 months we sent them all a um we sent them all a couple of emails saying hey we're back in the office do you want to send a direct mail campaign just let everyone know you're back and what's happening um we didn't get a single sale didn't get a single sale so I literally printed the email out, just printed that email out, put it in an envelope, hand wrote, got, the, got the team to handwrite the addresses and put a post note just in case you missed the email, dropped that onto the t- printed email and posted it out. <laughs> and four, four bits of business in the first week. God, that's and it, it's still trickling in. And all it is, it's just printed it out. It's just, if you get something physical into people's hands, they're much more likely to engage. Absolutely. Really underused area. Um, and great to hear you getting such great results with it. What industry do you think this works best in? Um, I'm aware you might not be able to share client names, but if yeah. there's um, any kind of industries in particular that you think it works the best with, bear in mind that my audience is mainly design businesses based in the UK who work with um, consumer facing brands. Yeah. So in terms of con- consumers is, is flying at the moment. So we do a lot um, I can can name one. So we certainly from that element, we've got Space NK. So oh, they wow. sell high end <laughs> high end cream, et cetera, et cetera. And we we literally handwrite their thank you cards and we ship out for them. Um, we can do anywhere up to three or four hundred cards a week for them at, at the peak. Um, we're a little bit quieter at the minute because the shops have been shut. But that type of customer, it's got to be. We don't tend to do well with things like property because the margins just aren't there where people are just blanking out to ten thousand properties to try and do something. That we tend to struggle with things like that is high end, so high value um, customers. It depends whether you want it to be a thank you card like that. So that that particular campaign goes out with a thank you card, goes out three months after the date of purchase, and there's a little promo code in there to get them back online to buy them more. Fantastic. So, the, so it just that's where that's where success happens. Um, yeah, so it, interesting. It, I'm I'm just thinking: Are there any other kind of um, circumstances? Like just thinking through. Um, you know, in that case, you know, thank you, follow up. That's something I'm actually about to start doing with my business. Um, handwritten when I'm not at the scale yet where it's something I'm going to be able to send out to Scribble Mail because yeah. of volumes of agencies that I work with. But um, just thinking about, you know, if you've attended an event or and you know that somebody's been present or if you've been yeah. on a um, 
panel discussion together or and you want to have a unique way of getting in contact with somebody i think it's well worth considering um sending across some promotional literature um along with something that's much more personalized i had a conversation yesterday with one of my clients and they're about to print off uh, loads of really beautiful um promotional literature and I'm nervous for them because I don't think the way that they're doing it is going to get them the best possible results because they're not thinking about how they customize it based on who they're sending it to. And I think, like you say, that really simple tweak of just handwriting the envelope um, and sticking a post-it note on it of the most mundane yeah. things in the world, like just gets that bit more cut through and is less likely to end up directly in the bin. Um, yeah. There's, so, there's other little tricks as well if you're doing the handwriting stuff that you can yeah, that you can do and, and you're kind of in the top corner if the top left hand corner I like to write the word private across the top corner because ah, it's handwritten because it says private that, that, that works at getting through um, but it doesn't always have to be done en masse so we've got a lot of clients so for example one of the software companies they've purchased from us 250 thank you cards for the year yeah. And so what we just hold, so we've got some stock in, I'm surrounded by their stock in the moment. In the corner, <laughs> in the, I don't know if you can see it, but in the corner of the office, we've got a big pile of bright orange yeah. boxes. And, and they're dripping out about five a week. So every time they want a new customer, it just drips out. But it's, yeah. it's so easy for them. They've just set up an auto bit of software that when it's done, we get an email once a week that sends me, these five people need a box. And we, we just fulfill that on a Friday. So Friday tends to be odd jobs for things like that. So yeah. we'll these little bits and bobs and we'll just get them out the door. And it's just, for them, it's just that peace of mind, that consistency, that something is happening in the background yeah. to generate and, and to keep customers warm. Um, we, do, we do, again, another one where as soon as they send a quote, we just send out a little, little, little pack. So they send the quote, and on the same day, right from here, and the pack's got in it. It's cheesy, it's cheesy, but it works. It's got sweets <laughs> in there. It's got a coffee. It's got a tea bag. And it's just along, along those lines. But drip feed night just reinforces the campaign of email and direct mail together or video and direct mail together. It works. Fantastic. And so that's quite interesting because I'd initially thought that everything that you send out was just letters, but it sounds like you send parcels and... Yeah, absolutely everything. So we did a campaign last year, 10,000 10, pots of skincare cream. That wasn't for Space NK, that was for one of their competitors. So we just literally sent the database to 10,000 people. So we sent that across, across the world. Um, that went everywhere. Uh, other campaigns we've done, uh, we did mouse traps for a pet company. We've done sweets, chocolate are always popular, tea bags. Um, we've got back supports in currently. They're, they're, they're on one of the campaigns, so people that sit in the office desks. Um, we've sick. sent pens, we, we, all sorts, scissors, calculators in there. For now. <laughs> you name it, we've sent it. It sounds like you're never short of snacks in the Scribble Mail. Do you know what? Least. <laughs> I, I, I was a two-stone lighter when I started this. <laughs> The same when I was working at a design agency that worked with a lot of biscuit brands. That was really yeah. going. <laughs> um, and so just kind of um, a bit of a spin on that. Are there any best practices to share on how to do cold outreach via post, apart from the ones you've discussed? Are there any kind of um, things that have been particularly clever, things that have worked particularly well for your clients that we yeah. have mentioned? So if, if you're doing it kind of small scale, I always think it's really good just to connect on LinkedIn the day before and just drop them a message saying, Charlotte, you're going to get a bright orange envelope tomorrow. Just watch out for it in the mail. And then just that's it. Don't say anything else. Don't try and engage in the conversation anymore. Yeah. Because chances are they'll read that and they'll think, what is that? And then the next day, the bright orange envelope looms. And they like, oh, this must be from Charlotte. Do you know? And it's kind of yeah. those type of things. Colored envelopes work fantastic. Colored envelopes really do work well. Um, because certainly white ones do get 
So you've got a pile of white ones. One's your gas bill, one's your electric. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other one's someone yeah. trying to sell you double glazing. Well, actually, it's <laughs> in a bright orange envelope or a bright red envelope, it really stands out and helps. Yeah, absolutely. I think we used that one when I was back at the new business generation agency yeah. as well. Um, and what are, are there any kind of common traits between the best performing projects you've seen um, go through your offices? Uh, is there anything that's kind of... It's all in the data. Yeah. It's all in the data. If the data's good, the campaign works. If the data's poor, it doesn't work. And that, that's, that's consistent no matter whether you're an email or any type of form, you know, like any, any form of marketing, the data's got to be good. Mm. Um, if you're trying to sell Ferraris to people that haven't got a job, it's never going to happen. It's got to be targeted specific people. And direct mail isn't cheap. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the cheapest way we can do it with the printed letter and the, the handwritten sticky note and postal using a real stamp, stamp 77p now. Yeah, yeah. To get it out the door. So you're looking £2.50 a unit as, as kind of an entry level price. Um, so yeah. you've got to make sure your data is good, so even if you're doing only 100. Otherwise, you're just going to waste your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so on that note, I guess uh, what some of the people listening uh, might be thinking if they're looking for a quick win is what kind of list do you use? I'm guessing you're going to tell me that it works best when um, the company is already connected with the people or they've already yeah. had some kind of um, link up with them. I'm, I don't know whether you guys provide the data at all or whether how much, to what extent that's even allowed in the day and age of GDPR. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of how you approach that and how you think about who your audience is uh, yeah. in order to get the most out of it? So for us, it's always been the simple kind of the process being the quick, if somebody wants a quick win, find something you can sell to your existing customers and send them a letter telling them why they should buy it and just, yeah. just, just put it in a letter and send it. But like I mentioned earlier, we sent the emails, it didn't work. We printed the letter out, printed the email out and literally sent it and it worked. And it yeah. worked. So that, that, that's kind of thing. Um, in terms of buying data for, for kind of mail campaigns, if it's B2B corporate data, it's absolutely not a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, as long as there's legitimate interest in there, so that does work. Um, we don't supply data as such. Um, we do partner with Corp Data, so based down um, based down south somewhere, Devon Way. Uh, we've used them in the past, and if anybody asks me how, their data is as good as any data that I've ever we've ever used. Yeah, um, there are other suppliers out there. Is it Intelligent Data Services? I've used them in the past. They were quite good, but they were a lot more expensive for pretty much the same information. Mm. Um, so Corp, Corp Data, I've been along there. Um, but pick a sector, pick a sector yeah. um, and, and make the letters specific to the sector. And then, because there's nothing better than we've done it before, we see campaigns going out the door and you might have joined a, a group regard for software. Uh, I don't know, let's, let's be more specific. We did, a, yeah, so you do a campaign for IT security firm. We did a software IT security firm campaign. And they, the thing they loved the most was they targeted everybody that was in this LinkedIn group. And their direct mail became a topic in that group. So then even the people that hadn't opened it and hadn't seen it found out about it. <laughs> We're scrabbling around to try and find it. <laughs> because, yeah, because it was specific and it was, yeah. you've got this because you're a member of this group, look out in the group for, for further updates. And yeah. then somebody was like, oh, I've received this, I'm really interested. And it just, it qualified everybody. It yeah. Qualified, qualified the whole group. One of the things that I find when um, doing cold outreach online is making sure that you're being generous with your knowledge, your IP, your product, whatever it is. And obviously, um, design is a very difficult area to give away product, and I would never recommend anybody doing that. But um, 
there is a lot of knowledge that people hold that they can give that is a value to their audience. Do you find it's a similar thing in terms of direct mail? Do you find that when the company's kind of selflessly offering something without asking for too much in return, i.e. it's not super salesy, you see a massive difference in terms of how people react to it? Yeah, yeah, we do. And it's kind of, this is where kind of Ollie and I, when we kind of we first got it going commercially, we were like, how are we going to do this? Because by the time we've put together the printed sample pack and everything that's in there, it's about five to mail it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's about five pound a unit. And I was like, do you know what? It's an awful lot of value because it's not just a sales pitch. There's campaign ideas. There's everything in there that you would, that you need to build a campaign. We've got a superheroes club and all kind of things going where we can, um, we can talk to you about your direct mail. You can ask us ideas, ask us for information. It's expensive to run. Yeah. Um, but since since kind of well, I bought Ollie out in January of this year, um, and Ollie stepped away. We've continued with it because I've now converted to that way of thinking. If yeah. you give away campaign ideas and give away ethos and um, and things like that, it does it massively helps. Um, I think people understand what how what it's like to work with you. They understand. Um, what your process will be. It makes it a lot easier to bypass the sales, some of the stages in the sales process and get them to commit to a purchase sooner. So I think it's sometimes, it's, like you say, it's a lot of investment up front, whether that's time and energy or whether it's financial in terms of, you know, your pack printing it. By the way, yeah. I've saved mine. It's in a drawer downstairs. <laughs> and I'm fully addressing this area. It's not gone in the bin. Um, so yeah, I do. I, it's good to hear that that has just as much value offline as it does online. Hello again. I'm just putting the finishing touches to the Press for Success Toolkit, which includes everything you need to communicate with the media that your clients read. This includes a media list template with over 100 actual publication contact details, which is updated biannually, three types of press release templates based on my 15 years of experience, template emails to your internal team, your client stakeholders, and one to journalists too, and the exact process I use to get the most press for your launch. There's so much more included, including briefs to your design team, your own press planner template, uh, basically, this is a must-have toolkit which takes the pain out of press and makes sure that you're getting the media coverage for every single project. I've spent years compiling this information and I can't quite believe it's on sale for £150 right now. Frankly, I'd have bitten my arm off for this when I was in agency and the price will go up to £250 to those who join after the launch next month. So head to caffeine.club, that's K-A-F-F-E-E-N.club and click on Shop Toolkits to grab this deal. Thanks for listening. In terms of um, working with agencies who are looking for new business themselves, i.e. they're not working on behalf of the client, have you done anything along those lines? Yeah, we've done a fair few campaigns for them. Uh, It tends to be more of the quirky stuff. So it kind of sending out the lumpy mail rather than just kind of standard. Standard mails. Mail, yeah, lumpy mail, so it can't be anything. So one campaign that we ran for ourselves, which I will share, which was really cool, um, it, this, this worked really good. So we sent a couple of direct mail pieces, struggling to get response. So we started sending pizzas from Domino's. <laughs> we sent Domino's pizzas every Friday for a couple of weeks with a different quiz in and kind of in the lid. It was written in the lid. Um, and the last one, the answer was our phone number to give it a call. Um, that worked really well. That did work really well. We've done campaigns as well with mobile phones. So I don't know if you've heard about that one. Um, So I've got a campaign that I wrote 
Um, I wrote it about five years ago now, but it works really, really well. Um, I, I will share it. I don't normally share this story kind of on podcasts and things. Uh, it's my little golden nugget. But we send a direct mail campaign out. Um, we do it's a three-step three-step campaign. So it's educating them about us, giving them value, asking for an opportunity to do a sample. Um, we then try and get them on the phone. If we can't get hold of them, we try a couple of times. And then put a mobile phone in a box. So I've got a, a stack of mobile phones. Put a reverse charge SIM card in. Okay, bit of a sales letter that goes in a really nice box, and we mail them the we mail them it. Um, now the clever part of the campaign is for every number that we mail out, I save the number that goes. So yours would be Charlotte and this number, and the call to action at the bottom is just press the green button twice, day or night, and I guarantee to answer. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. And I don't know why, but. Um, uh, Better Call Saul is springing to mind and like uh, a room full of burner phones at the back of the yeah. office. <laughs> um, I must admit, I, I, there, was a time where, there was a time where I had a chat with anti-terror um, <laughs> about five years ago because I tried to buy 500 mobile phones and 500 reverse charge SIM cards. That was an interesting day. How interesting. This works best if you're willing to be human with the people you're trying to contact. If you're willing to have a sense of humor, if you're not just going to be boring, plain and corporate, um, you're going to have the biggest impact. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, super interesting. And I think there's a lot of food for thought here um, in terms of, well, certainly, I mean, I thought I knew what you guys do, but it's so much far wider ranging and creative than I didn't even initially thought. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity here to kind of mull over what would work with different verticals. I mean, I know some of my clients, I try and recommend that they focus on um, maximum of three niches. So focusing on, uh, it might be like pet food or it might be tea bags or, and another one might be, um, I don't know, household spray and just make sure that they're really honing in on a minimum number of um, decision makers who work across those different verticals. And that seems to mesh really well with what you're talking about, because the more um, precise you can be about who you're trying to target and what they do and what area they operate in means you can be really creative about what you're sending them, uh, coaching them. And it is, and it works. And the, the best success we do see, be, being brutally honest, is it's not a campaign that just goes to, to where, one, where 100 people get one piece of mail. You're better off sending 33 people three pieces of mail over the course of two week, three week period. Yeah. Because that's where we get the most success. Yeah, absolutely. And you can A-B, A-B test as well and, and see which yeah. ones work best and then just scale it up from there. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, um, Lee, if any of the design agencies that are in my audience want to get in contact with you, how should they reach you? Uh, um, personal email address is lee at scribblemail.co.uk. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, no it's been super interesting. Like I say, a lot of food for thought. And um, hopefully some people will consider this as an opportunity to expand the new business generation in the future. Cool. Well, thank you very much for having me on. So here's where we're going to call it quits for today. You've been listening to Caffeine Espresso with me, Charlotte Ellis-Moldari. Join me again in a couple of weeks for more actionable tips on how to make growing your agency feel more achievable and less like a job that keeps getting pushed off the to-do list. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe on Spotify so you can enjoy more episodes out every other Monday. And if you can't wait till then, head to caffeine.club where you can find a growing wealth of free resources and advice to help you grow your design business. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen in. 
And until next time, keep at it. Because if there's one thing I know for sure, is that the world needs more creative problem solvers like you. Just before we wrap up, I want to touch on a crucial opportunity for your agency's growth. As a creative agency, your primary focus should be on delivering exceptional work, not getting bogged down in sales and marketing. And that's where the lead flow sprint comes in. It's an eight-week program designed to streamline your lead generation process, bringing in a steady flow of potential clients to you. No more struggling with the ups and downs of trying to gain the attention of new business. Our program includes hands-on support, including direct input on your copywriting, ensuring a bespoke approach to your lead generation needs. No more feeling stuck in the feast or famine cycle. Our real-time support, including direct feedback on tasks like copywriting, helps you to bid farewell to inconsistently and embrace a lead generation system that's tailored to your unique needs. Visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra.